Welcome to the Living Jewishly Podcast. I'm Dr. Elliot Nallman. I'm Rabbi Yossi Saperman. And I'm Rabbi Bluth. We talk about Judaism, and we talk about living, and we talk about everything in between. And what it means to be Jewish and human in today's world. Judaism is not nearly as boring as I thought it was. We're not selling you on Judaism. We're not selling you on living. We're just trying to get you inside of our brains, the way we think about stuff. And the way we feel about stuff. And we'll try to be as real as possible. By getting you into our Jewish brain, you'll argue a lot, you'll disagree, you'll love, you'll eat, you'll have a really good time, you'll learn a lot of things, and you know what? You might actually find that all those 3,000 years have been worth it. And maybe we'll even come out being better people for it. There is a fascinating Jewish teaching that offers advice on how to change one's course in life. Here's the teaching, first cited in the Talmud, then repeated by the Jewish philosopher Maimonides. It goes like this. Rabbi Isaac said, A person's sentence is torn up, the divine decree that says we're going to die. A person's sentence is torn up on account of four types of actions. These are giving charity, crying out, a change of name, and a change of one's deeds for the better. And some people say also a change of one's place. Now, at first glance, these comments seem <laughs> impractical at best, bizarre at worst. But if we delve beyond the surface, it gives us an amazing insight into how to change our lives and what the real meaning is of repentance, which is a word that honestly carries unfortunate religious connotations but in essence embodies a return to our best selves, the, the me that each of us really wants to be. So let's break down the code of this passage. There are four initial elements which prescribe a course correction for our lives. Let's begin with the first one, to give charity. Now, giving charity also happens to be one of the three elements to change your fate, which are mentioned at the end of the Unatanatoka prayer, which I discussed on another podcast. The value of charity is that it not only helps to sustain other people, but that it guides us toward the more outer-directed, less self-absorbed view of the world. So charity is far more than dropping coins into a cup or writing a check or making a digital transfer. It's actually a reorienting of our value systems. It replaces our feelings that we don't have enough. Yeah, that feeling you have, I just don't have enough. It replaces that with a sense of gratitude for all that we do have that then allows us to share it with other people. So whatever you're doing currently, make space for reaching out to another person in need. Keep paying it forward. So that's item number one. The second element in Hebrew, tz'aka, is to cry out. Now, traditionally, this has been understood in the Talmud as to cry out in prayer, which may work for you but won't resonate so much for people who are alienated from the notion of worshiping a god or gods. But let's get back to that word in Hebrew, tzakah. doesn't actually mean prayer, tzakah. It just means to cry out. Why is crying out beneficial? Because it teaches us how to need and how to ask for help. And learning how to need appropriately and not to only rely upon oneself is one of the most important emotional skills we'll ever learn. We cannot do everything ourselves. We are not alone. 
A lot of us keep whatever we feel bottled up. We're afraid to ask for help or to reach out and say, I'm hurting and I think you could help me with something. Crying out, tsa'aka, has nothing to do with being articulate or with having the perfect words to express what we feel. On the contrary, tsa'aka is an inchoate sound. It's a sound of pure emotion. In Judaism, some of that crying is reserved for the source of all things. Perhaps that's a cry into the void, and perhaps not. And perhaps that cry in the universe will come back to us at some point, and we'll find a helping hand if we look for it, and we recognize right in front of us that someone's trying to help us. And life provides that opportunity. So that's Tz'aka. The third item on Rabbi Isaac's list, Shinui Shem, a change of name. Okay, so you're thinking, hold on. Do I, what does that mean? Do I have to actually start registering legal papers and changing my name? And you know, again, for some people in Jewish history, that is what they did. They actually changed their names or at least added an additional name to their existing ones. So if you were, you know, Sarah, you might become Sarah Malka. And if you were Yaakov, you might become Yaakov Moshe. But in the moment, let's think about the metaphorical quality of what it means for a person to change their name and the way our names have come to represent us. Think of the phrases we sometimes use, like, their family has a good name, or you give Jews a bad name, or her name is identical with integrity. So to change one's name is sort of a symbolic altering of your identity. It's a figurative break with the parts of your past of which you're not proud that you want to put behind you. It's as if to say, look, I'm not that person anymore. Please, please do not lock your perception of me into the specific acts I might have done at one time or ways that I presented myself. I can learn from my mistakes. I can grow. I can change my name, so to speak. Now, as Rabbi Isaac's sequence suggests, changing one's name almost automatically entails the next item on the list, which is to change your actions. How can I do things differently? How can I speak differently? How can I speak in a different tone of voice? How can I use more constructive language more consistently? Another example, how can I control whether, you know, this is your thing or not? How can I control my anger or my impatience? How can I give others the benefit of the doubt? How can I maximize my time? How can I make each action of each day, one that contributes positively to the energy around me. And it could be just the smallest of gestures, a smile to the checkout person at the supermarket, or letting other people go through the door first when you arrive at the same time. Same thing when you're driving, letting people into your driving lane, or a phone call to somebody just to say, I love you, or I'm thinking of you. So what I'm saying is that changing our acts doesn't need to take place on this grand operatic scale. It's the little things, the small habits we build that lead to real and lasting change. And after Rabbi Isaac lists his four things, comes an additional suggestion, changing one's place, a phrase which has very rich possibilities. It could speak to a physical change of domain, like to seek out new locations, a new park, a new coffee shop, or a brief trip away from your regular scenery, if even for a short time, to offer you just a new perspective. Even going to work and 
a different route than he did the day before. But changing place connotes much more. It could be the casting off of your comfortable, respect, or, you know, respected place at work or your social circle, kind of abandoning your comfort zone a bit, wandering a bit, striking up conversations with new people, or that person that you never paid attention to before actually listing them today. Obviously, in certain religious traditions, change of place could lead to a very radical revamping of your inner and outer geography. As Rabbi Yonatan Shipman reminds us, this was the person who went into exile and became a stranger, a wanderer, a person without any pre-existing prestige or reputation. Right? They would reject this comfortable bourgeois life, and that, he says, is a basic element of monastic mentality, reminiscent of the practice, say, in Hindu culture, of people who were prosperous householders, and that at a certain stage in midlife, they would abandon everything just to go wandering and became itinerant monks with begging bowls. Now, <laughs> Judaism is not asking us to become monks. But you know what? A touch of discomfort with the stasis in our life, that's a good thing. That discomfort is a good thing if it can propel us to walk new paths and forge better relationships. Bottom line, it is never, never too late to change the course of your life. Famously, as Rabbi Alalu reminds us, there's the legacy of Alfred Nobel, the inventor of dynamite. One day, Alfred's older brother died, but the newspaper got the story wrong. And what happened was they printed Alfred's obituary instead. And Alfred opened the paper that morning and had the unusual and quite bizarre experience of reading his own obituary while he was still alive. And here's how the obituary began. Dr. Alfred Nobel, who became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than ever before, died yesterday. The obituary began. Alfred threw down the paper, and he said, that is not how I want to be remembered. That is not what is important to me. And right then and right there, he decided to throw his entire not inconsiderable fortune into rewarding people for bettering this world and bringing it closer to peace. So you have the Nobel Peace Prize, along with the other Nobel Prizes. This is a man who invented dynamite. It's never too late to change our course. So spiritual, emotional, psychic life change, it does not require self-flagellation. Don't beat yourself up about your flaws. We don't need to become monks. Rabbi Isaac's list, both literally and even more so metaphorically, provides us with a path of action above everything else, where we can keep our lives intact, but just alter our directions. So again, staka, charity, tsaka, crying out. Shinui shame, changing our name. Shinui maase, changing our actions. Shinui makom, changing our place. Instead of blowing up the house, as it were, we just renovate one room at a time. And after a while, when we look up, it'll feel like a brand new home. Thanks for listening to the Living Jewishly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps more people like you find our show so that we can continue to grow the Living Jewishly community together. You can find us at livingjewishly.org and on YouTube and Instagram, Living Jewishly, 
is living well with everyone. <laughs>